Nine minutes past 12 o'clock. The ministers of the Justice Crime Prevention and Security Cluster, they've just released a task team report on the security upgrades at President Jacob Zuma's private residence of Nkandla. Now, the report was expected to be released earlier this month, but was postponed. Cabinet then ordered that it must be released. The public protector, Tuli Maroncella, shall be also looking into the 206 million rand upgrade at Nkandla. Joining us to discuss the story is Eyewitness News reporter Gay Davis. Good afternoon, Gay. Just take us through exactly what's just been said. We've just had the Public Works Minister Tulis Ngresi go through, um, a, uh, give us a statement. He read a statement um, relating to the report by the government task team, um, the, their investigation into the encounter spending. I'm going to just give you his, the findings in a nutshell. Um, he says allegations that President Jacob Zuma used state resources to build or upgrade his personal dwellings are unfounded, um, that uh, the actual security installation, which uh, he says every state got a, an obligation to protect its head, uh, cost, they say, about $71 million and about $135 million was spent on operational needs and basic facilities and services in this deep rural area where um, you don't have fire, uh, water, uh, fire services, power, accommodation, etc. Um, he says there are many supply chain irregularities in relation to the appointment of service providers and the procurement of goods and services for this upgrade. Uh, large variation orders, that's the difference between the budgeted price and the actual price, and a high percentage that got spent on consultancy fees. Tulis and Gleasy says this points to the possibility of overpricing and collusion. So he says he's engaged with the SIU and the Auditor General for further forensic and criminal investigation. He says President Zuma has signed a proclamation empowering the Special Investigating Unit to institute further investigations. And Gleasy says he's written to the Minister of Police asking to investigate any possible criminal act, but we're not getting any details about that, and we haven't seen the actual report. We're told it's going to be available on the GCIS website. Now, Gay, it was repeated twice. No state funds to fund the president's residence. That's the bottom line, isn't it? That's the bottom line. And allegations that uh, he's abused public funds are misdirected, says the minister. Um, the questions are now underway. I've stepped out to, to do this crossing with you. Um, but one of the first questions was just from a quite incredulous reporter asking how uh, they could just at the building of the swimming pool um, as a fire pool um, because Tulis and Lacey told us that, um, in fact, it is a fire pool. Uh, it's not a swimming pool. And uh, it was decided to uh, install this um, oblong water feature um, in order to provide firefighting services with sufficient water to douse any bears. Uh, and he says that the number of structures at Ndansha with thatched roofs uh, constitute a fire hazard. Okay, Eyewitness News reporter Gay Davis, I'll let you get back into that Q&A session. Just some some of the points that have come through. A violent history in the area, established process to protect heads of state, accommodation for security protection is justified because of that violence in the area. This is what has been said today. The police and defence uh, force conducted a security analysis. No state funds. That's the big point that he made. to the No state funds to fund the president's residence also as well.
well. Uh, attempt to blame the president is misdirected. These are just all the points. The tuck shop was there before the inauguration of the president, so why should he be blamed for it? Concern about fire, as you heard with Gaynor, a fire pool or a swimming pool was made. That's why it cost half a million rand. Then on the other side, the supply chain. They are now being blamed, saying that there was some irregular pricing. And, of course, the minister himself also saying, I'm taking personal responsibility for this. I'd like your SMS is 31702 or 31567. You can also tweet on at Ray White, SA. Celebrating summer. 567 Cape Talk. Your number one news and talk station. Well, to take a closer look at the Nkandla issue, we're joined now by Eyewitness News reporter Alex Yelisiv. Good afternoon, Alex. Your thoughts on what's just been said? Well, Ray, I mean, none of it really comes as a surprise. We've been in press conferences before where Tula Snezi said very much similar things, talking about the fact that uh, the president wasn't personally responsible, that this was all about the security upgrades. So they've made those denials before. For me, what's interesting now, of course, is to contrast what's going to be before us with what will come out next month. If you look at the public protector, Tuli Madonsela's report, which is scheduled to come out middle to end of January, there you see absolutely different findings. There, uh, the report that's already leaked, the draft report, uh, which came out a couple of weeks ago, spoke about President Jacob Zuma actually getting substantial personal benefit from what was done at Nkandla. That report was actually called opulence on a grand scale and, it's, and it had a lot of harsh things to say about the very same features you've just been mentioning, the, the amphitheater, the swimming pool, all of those kind of things and it went so far as to say that the president should pay back for some of these features and should account to parliament which would be a deeply embarrassing move for the president. So now what we're going to wait for is of course that report to come out and then we're going to have this very, dra- uh, very dramatic contrast between between the two findings. Also, what I found very interesting is that the the, the SIU and the AG, uh, that's um, the Special Investigating Unit and the Auditor General, have now been given the go-ahead to do further investigations into this whole Nkandla spending. Alex, when does Tuli Mononcello's report come out? Well, we don't, we, we don't know. We've only had the best scenario from her. We, she actually spoke on radio yesterday saying that as it stands uh, at the moment, she still hopes to release it in the middle of January or thereabouts. Of course, the issue there, there's a big problem with the disagreements that she has with government on issues of national security. So she's saying that she's checked everything. Jacob Zuma's safety and security is not in any danger. However, on the other hand, you have the security cluster ministers who are saying that if her report comes out in its current form, it's going to jeopardize that security. So that's almost landed up in court. We've had court documents exchanged there. So now what she's going through is a consultation process with the technical teams that have been assembled by those ministers. And really there, they're trying to come to some kind of an agreement in terms of these security concerns. We heard from Tuli Moroncella just yesterday saying that they haven't met as many times as she would have liked to before this Christmas festive season. But at this moment, she still hopes to release her report um, in January. Eyewitness News reporter Alex Yellowseev. Let's take a little bit of the Q&A session on T- from the TV, courtesy of ENCA. also has to be taken into context. Uh, on the next uh, question, why it has taken so long, I think Minister Anglesi can explain that as well. I think the members of the media need to understand that we were dealing with a project with security implications. And in whatever we were doing, 
we could not compromise. There are certain processes we had to follow. After the report, the task team report was presented to us, we had to engage the appropriate committee. In fact, we engaged parliament. And even parliament decided not to discuss that matter uh, in public, engage the joint standing committee on the intelligence. And they processed that particular report and they had to follow their own processes. And um, in following their own processes, they had their own methodologies. They even had to go and verify certain things for themselves. And they released their own report on our report and made some recommendations. And after the parliament had done that, it came back to us to look into their recommendations. It's only then that we had to take it to the executive. And it is the executive, after looking at the report, which now directed us to declassify the report, but not compromise security and remove certain elements. So we had to respect all those processes. That's what informed this. On the last question, that question has no answer. Can I just raise something, uh, Minister? I just want to add on what the DG and the legal advisor have said of public works. The names of all the officials who are implicated in the project and even companies are available in full in the report which you are going to get from the website. Thank you.